Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Well, good morning. Uh, it's so good to see all you guys here this morning. Uh, even those of you that are tuning in online. Uh, real quick, why don't we just give an applause for those that are tuning in online. We'd like to thank you guys for joining us here at our 930 service. So obviously I'm not Pastor Dan, uh, but a lot of people say I resemble my spiritual father. So that'll do for now. So, But uh, I have a word. I'm excited to share a word that God has placed in my heart. Um, I'll get into it. Let me pray first, and then I'll get into it, because I'll talk forever. So wherever you are, if you're about your head to close your eyes. Father God, we thank you so much for this day you've granted to us today, Father God. Not every day is promised, but those that are here today, our eyes are open. We're able to see another day. So for that in itself, we say thank you, Lord. Father, the word that you have for today, I pray, God, that you would open up our eyes to see and our ears to hear, God. Not with our physical being, my God, but our spirit, man, needs to hear this word and be challenged in every which way. So we thank you, God. We love you, honor you. In Jesus' name, we all say amen, amen. So real quick, what I was going to get into, um, lately, I've, I've uh, the, the last time I spoke here, actually, I think it was, it was the end of August, um, I was sharing, you know, for those of you guys that were here or if you watched it online, I was kind of sharing about how I've been challenged to, to read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. A former student of mine pretty much put me up to this test and said, have you ever read the Gospels? And, and, and so I, I took the challenge and I read the Gospels for that season. So when I was done with that, I found myself kind of wandering in Exodus. But here is why, right? The, the other day, I think it was a month ago, I, I forgot, my husband uh, has better memory than I, but we were sitting down with, at home with our girls, and we were watching The Prince of Egypt, right? I mean, I don't know if any of you guys have watched The Prince of Egypt, but apparently my husband grew up on that. He knows the songs, he knows everything, so he kind of wanted to put our kids up on game with The Prince of Egypt, right? And if you, don't, if you haven't watched it, it's pretty much the story of Moses, uh, God calling Moses to, you know, to, to let, let my people go, right, uh, to, to free the, the children of Israel from being enslaved under the Egyptians, okay, under Pharaoh and the Egyptians, right? So we were arguing as we were watching this movie, right? My little girls are, probably have no idea what's taking place. It's animated, so they were kind of intrigued a little bit. But, but we were having this argument, Samson and I, because I'm all about accuracy, right? And so I, I've watched the movie here and there, you know, but I don't think I've ever sat there and watched it in its entirety. And so I'm sitting there watching the beginning, and for me, the storyline was a little bit off. Right? I, I've read Exodus before. We've had to study it or do exegeticals on it. Right? I'm not saying that I know it all, but, but for me, I was watching some scenes. I'm like, nah, something's off here. He's like, no, no, that, that happened. I was like, well, yeah, the movie, you think it happened, but I don't think that happened in the Bible. I was like, yeah, it did. So we were going back and forth. I don't know about you. If you've been that type of person where a lot, in these days, a lot of movies that we watch are pretty much based off of books, right? A lot of the films that, that are kind of uh, showcasing in theaters today are a lot of like Harry Potter, that's witchcraft, don't watch Harry Potter, but, but Harry Potter is a book, right, and, and, and they made a movie based off of that, um, Chronicles of Narnia, it's a book, oh my gosh, it's an amazing book that we read in elementary school, they made a movie out of it, Twilight, I don't know if you know, some of you guys are Twilight fans, but there's a series of these vampire diaries, I don't know what it's about, but, but there's movies based on the book, now if you talk to the, 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 the nerds, the bookworms that love to read, they'll sit there and tell you that the book's are far more detailed and more, uh, I don't know how to explain it, than the movies are. In fact, there's a lot of inconsistencies. 
And so that's the kind of viewer I was at the moment. I was the type of person that was sitting there and like, nah, that didn't happen in the Bible, you know, you know, and Samson was sure. So anyhow, that argument led me and motivated me to kind of discover Exodus now. I was challenged from a former student to read the Gospels, and now the past few months I found myself reading the book of Exodus, right? And so today what we're going to be sharing on is chapter 19. I, I read 1 through 18, and, and now I'm stuck in 19 for some reason, all right? Now before I kind of share details about chapter 19, let me read this one scripture with you, and we'll kind of tie it in at the end. This scripture is Hebrews 12 or 6. The Lord disciplines the one he loves. Everyone say loves. And he chastens everyone he accepts as his own. Okay? I'll get back to that scripture in a second. But the title of my message today is Love Hurts. Everyone say love Love hurts. hurts. Now, back to uh, Exodus. Exodus 1 through 18. And I challenge you guys, okay? I, I grew up in church, and so... Sometimes I just take the preacher's word for it, and I don't go read the, the Bible for myself. I challenge you guys today, go and read the book of Exodus for yourself. Watch the Prince of Egypt to, to kind of help get you, uh, you know, get you to fill in some of the blanks. But, but, but all of 1 through 18, let me just kind of give an overview of what's taking place. All of Exodus chapter 1 through 18, because I'm picking up from 19 today. 1 through 18, what's taking place is Moses sees God in a burning bush, right? God reveals himself to Moses in a burning bush. So Moses has this encounter with God. We're familiar with that story, right? And so God pretty much tells Moses through a burning bush, hey, the Egyptians are doing some shady things to to my my people, the Israelites, the children of Israel. I need you to step in, bro. I need you to help me out, man. I'm God, and and, and I've called men to kind of have dominion over earth. Therefore, I want to use you to kind of free my people, and so Moses is like, you know, they're, 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 you can go read it. There's that conversation, and Moses, who am I? I stutter, this and that. God's like, I'll send you help, right? So that's happening in 1 through 18. God shows up to Moses. Moses gets the call. So Moses accepts the challenge. He goes and storms down to Egypt, and he challenges Pharaoh and says, hey, you got to let God's people go. God sent me to tell you, these, Egypt, these Israelites that you're enslaving, you got to let them go, right? So yada, yada, yada. You know how the story goes. I'm assuming you know how the story goes. If not... Go back and read the book of Exodus, right? So here's where we're at in Exodus chapter 19. Moses goes, he delivers the people, and then so many things. I mean, I feel like I'm skipping. There's so many powerful things that happen between 1 and 18. He splits the Red Sea. The people question him, Moses, why did you bring us out here? We were better off in Egypt. Now we're stuck in the wilderness. We don't know, blah, blah, blah. And then God shows up with another miracle, then signs and wonders. And so they're experiencing all these amazing, fantastic things of what God is doing between 1 and 18. Now 19, this is where I'm at, and I want to share this with you guys today. It's a long chapter, I understand, about 25 verses or so. But I kind of want to break down this chapter because it, 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 it did something to me. It rocked me to the point where last night my husband was at work and I was having this conversation with him, uh, texting him and I was telling him like, why, you know, why is this? And I was just curious. Now, let me let me read some of, of Exodus 19. Let me read the, the, the passage that, I, I, that really spoke to me and then I'm going to break it down for you guys. Exodus 19, 10 through 13 says this. Then the Lord told Moses, go down and prepare the people for my arrival. Consecrate them today and tomorrow and have them wash their clothing. Be sure they are ready on the third day. Everyone say third day. For on that day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai or Sinai. Some people pronounce it different. As all the people watch, 
mark off a boundary all around the mountain, warn the people, be careful, do not go on the mountain or even touch its boundaries. Anyone who touches the mountain will certainly be put to death. No hand may touch the person or animal that crosses the boundary. Instead, stone them or shoot them with arrows. Dang, it's pretty crazy. They must be put to death. However, when the rams, when the ram's horn sounds along the blast, or a long blast, then the people may go up on the mountain. So let me just explain what's taking place here, right? Moses is, was the person that was, the, the way the children of Israel were hearing from God was through Moses. Moses would go up the mountain, hear from the Lord, come down the mountain and share it with the children of Israel. At this point, there was really no God encounter for themselves, so to speak. You, you get what I'm saying? These encounters that they were having with God up to this point were through Moses. So they were, they were believing his word. Is that what God said? All right, cool. We'll go with that. Moses would go up, talk to God, come down, boom. This is what God says. But in chapter 19, after reading 1 through 18, I'm like, okay, okay. Chapter 19, this is the first time that they have an opportunity to at least sense a little bit of the presence of God. And you heard what I just read. God kind of sets up these boundaries, but, but he makes it clear that I want to show up to the I want them to know you're real, and I want them to know that I'm real through you. So let me kind of give them a little bit of, of, of a little tease of who I am. Now, to you guys and to me, that might not mean anything. Because in the 21st century, we have access to the presence of God. By this point, the, the, the crucifixion had taken place already. The ultimate sacrifice happened. But we're talking about the second book in the Bible, Exodus. At this point, there was no, Jesus was there, but, but the crucifixion didn't take place. You get what I'm saying? Now we have readily available access to the presence of God. But during that time, it wasn't that way. God was clear in how he set up these parameters. He, he would talk to Moses on a mountaintop. And he was telling these, these, the children of Israel, I'm going to give you an opportunity to, to get a little bit of who I am, to feel a little bit of my presence. But there are certain parameters and there are certain things that you can't, there, there's, certain, there's a, a certain way you should go about it. Now this messed me up. Here's why. I'm noticing something in, in the body of Christ today. I got to go here. But the presence of God or, or church is not as important as it used to be back then. To be honest, we've taken advantage of the presence. To be honest, Pastor Dan says it this way. The Old Testament, God was there. The New Testament, Jesus was there. The, and then here, the 21st century, us now, we get to host the, the Holy Spirit inside of us. We get to hold the presence of God. But back then, that, that, that was a, a, a luxury. And I'm not saying God was just, oh, you know, you, only you. No, no, it wasn't that way. But, but there was principles that he operated by. The sacrificing hadn't happened yet. Today we can, can look at it or look back at it and be like, why didn't they just go? It didn't work that way. If, if you read about the tabernacle and the holy of holies and the way things were set up, you can't just have access to the presence that way. We're taking it for granted today, y'all. We're taking post-pandemic um, especially, and I understand the things that took place. But, but when I read about the, the farmer that was sowing seeds, the pandemic revealed that some of the seed was on, on, on the pathway. Some of the word that had been planted in our life. There's four different soils. There's the soil on the path. doesn't go nowhere. The birds come and eat it up. That's what happened during the pandemic for a lot of us. The, the word didn't go down as deep as it was supposed to. And it shows. The second soil is the stony ground. That's that, that if you've ever tried to plant when the ground was hard, it's a little bit difficult. You, your seed ain't going to get nowhere. The third type of soil 
was the kind where it would go somewhere, but the thorns were intertwined. The weeds were intertwined with it. So you would hear the word, but you would be influenced by all these outer extremities and influences. And then there's that last soil. That's the good soil. Where you drop the farmer, drop the seed in there, and it germinates, and it does what it's supposed to do. That's the word of God that has been spoken over our lives. That even if a pandemic comes, that even if the government says this and that, just shut down here and there, no matter what, I'm holding to my faith. But if we found ourselves withdrawing in these times, what soil was that seed planted in? What's, I've heard the word of God my whole life. I was raised in church. I mentioned that earlier. I've heard pastors come up here and preach in my life. I've read the Bible for myself so many times. How many seeds have been planted in this soil? And what am I doing with it? What am I doing with it? That's the presence that we take advantage of. Back then, God killed you. You would die if you even touched the, 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 the bottom base of the mountain. He was clear about that. And some people might think, that's kind of shady, God. Why would you do that? But after reading all of 19, let me kind of break down what's taking place. The first thing I realized in Exodus chapter 19, God loves. One more again, everyone say love. God loves. He makes it clear here in verses 3 through 6. Again, you've got to read on in verses 3 through 6. He makes it clear. He tells Moses, you know what? I love my, the children of Israel so, so much. My people I love them so much. And we know that, like, God don't got to prove that. Like, why would it, it hurt his heart so much that he said, you know what, Moses, I got to do something. They're being treated like slaves. They're getting whipped. They're, they're getting double the work. All these, these crazy things are happening to them. I love them so much. I, I, can't, I can't bear to watch any longer. Moses, I'm going to send you. He loves them. It's evident. You don't got to try to figure it out. It says it in the word. In fact, you see it portrayed in 1 through 18. But that's what it shows me, the beginning in 3 through 6, God is having this conversation with Moses. Like, you know what? I love the children. I, I love my, 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 my people. I love them. God loves us. Yeah. Now, now, here's the thing. Because God loves you, God instructs. Everyone say instructs. Because he loves you, because he loves me, there's instructions. Again, God is the God of principles. Some things we go through we don't understand. Because God loves you. Why me, God? Why are you going to pick me up out of all the people that exist? Why do I have to do this? Why do I have, the, why do I have curfew? Why do I? We start talking about all these different, why me? We sound like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. We think that, that God is trying to take something away from us when in reality God is protecting you from something. Think about it. In the Garden of Eden, we, we make it seem like, oh, they were focused on this one tree and they had access to everything in the Garden of Eden. Everything. In the, and you want to go to the one tree that God told you not to go to? Ain't that like our sinful nature? Ain't that like our sinful nature? We, we throw these pity parties, but if you think about it, he's protecting you from something. God is protecting you from something. Because he loves, he instructs. What are instructions? Oh, my Bible's not here. Instructions. The Bible. Because he loves, he instructs. The Bible, there, there, there are, are ways to live life. You can't just go out there running amok and, and doing whatever and, and feel like there's no consequences and that you don't got to answer to nothing. Because he loves, he instructs. 
And that's what I see in Exodus 19, verses 10 to 13. He's very clear about what he wanted people to do. He gave instructions about how far they could go, how far they could not go, who could come up. And I just read about it. There's instructions. He's very clear about it. But it's because he loves you. It's not because he's trying to nitpick, and I had to receive this for myself. It's not because he's trying to pull me out, out of all the, no, it's because he loves me. That's why he's instructing me. Amen. And I see this here. And the third thing I notice, God moves. Everyone say moves. Move. So he instructs, or he loves us. He loves the children of Israel. I'm paralleling to our life today. God loves the children of Israel. And because he loves, he says it, right? That's why he freed them from the, from the enslavement of the Egyptians. Because he loves the children of Israel, he instructs them. Listen, now that, that we're right here on the other side of, 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 of captivity, this is how it's going to go. Or, damn, my husband said, don't say finna when you're up there. This is how it's going to go, right? It's the youth pastor in me. God, God tells him that there's, there, there's, there's ways that we go about this, right? That the reason why he was so clear about, right, again, the sacrifice hadn't happened yet. Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. We have access because that took place. We look back at that and we're like, oh, why didn't, but, but it's the second book of the Bible. This is the beginning, y'all. This is the beginning. This is the, the time. God's presence is, is valuable. The reason why I want to rest here for a little bit because the Sunday morning services, I'm not just talking about CWC Bay Area. Churches nationwide, I would even say global. Globally, the churches on Sunday mornings today, they're empty. They're empty. We don't have a value for the presence of God anymore. Pastor T, I I can cultivate that at home. You're right. You can. But don't forsake the gathering of the brethren. Don't don't forsake this. It it was crazy because I remember a, a, a few years ago. We, we, we ditched church to go to the Niner game. Well, we let Pastor Dan know. But we went to the Niner game. We went to the Niner game on a Sunday morning. Yo, my dad drove from Patterson. My dad raised us. Well, duh. But, but he, he, he kind of raised us under, under um, just my dad was, was strict a little bit, right? He drove from Patterson. Tells me, Kuroko, how come you guys didn't go to church today? My, 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 my uh, birth name, government name. I said, oh, we were at the game, Dad. Who told you guys to go to the game? You know, Jesus is not at the game. Jesus is in a church. But he's right. He's right. Because now that football season's in session, it's empty. Because we forsake the presence of God. And, and, and we, right? Again, the presence of God can be everywhere. You're right. But this is important to God. Amen. Sunday mornings are important to God. These guys would die at even just inching towards the presence at the base of the mountain. And we got access? What are we doing with it? Now, now hear me loud and clear. This is my heart. I'm not saying you, 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 you shouldn't miss a Sunday to go to the Niner game. That's not what I'm saying. But when that becomes a priority over church, yeah. that's when it's an issue. Yeah. When you start doing all these extracurricular activities in place of Sunday morning, that becomes an issue. Every now and then I get it. We vacation or, you know, Sunday happens to be the day that I got to be in the hospital so or whatever takes place, right? But, but, but that's not what my heart is saying. What my heart is saying this morning is when that becomes a priority over the presence of God and over church, that we have an issue. I'm not preaching that the presence of God can only be found in the church service because you can surely cultivate that anywhere else. But what I am saying is we can't forsake the gathering of the brethren. That's important, and that's something that, that, that clearly highlighted to me as I was reading this. Lastly, God moves. Like I just said, God moves. Later on, we, we, we read in the chapter that 
all of a sudden, so, so, so God tells Moses to tell the children of Israel there's certain ways, right, the, the, the instructions, right, that you got to consecrate yourself, you got to clean yourself, right? Then on the third day, that's when I'm going to show up at the top of the mountain, right? So for two days, make sure you guys are not doing anything defiling because the presence is, fin- is, is going to show up. The presence is going to show up. And so God is to instruct, instructing Moses to instruct them to prepare themselves, right? And as they're preparing themselves, the third day arrives, and, and as God says, go, go read it in, in, in Exodus 19. The rumbling and, and all these things that are taking place, the shaking and, and the thundering, and, and the presence of God shows up. And God is at the top, and, and these children of Israel at the bottom, and God moves in the, in the north. And remember, they, they, they hadn't had access before. It was always through Moses. So imagine that. I know we're in the 21st century and so many things took place, but imagine that for the first time. You used to hear about the presence of God through another individual, but for the first time, standing at the base of that mountain and feeling what they felt and experiencing the encounter that they had with the presence of God. And he was just at the top. Imagine how that was like. That must have been a powerful moment. That had to have been. I know it sounds like I'm exaggerating, but think about it. That must have been a powerful moment. God moved in a ginormous way. God loves, and because he loves, he instructs. And what you choose to do with the instructions determines how he moves in your life. What you do with the instructions determines how God moves in your life. Here's the thing. Whether I'm saved or not, God's still going to move. Whether I serve him or not, God's still going to move. Whether I answer the call or not, God's still going to move. But we decipher the, 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 the capacity in which he moves in our lives. You understand what I'm saying? If we receive the instructions, if we're obedient, if we allow him to move in such a way in our lives, then guess what? There's that much room that he has inside of us to operate and move. But if we ignore, if we turn our head away from the call, if we turn our ear deaf to what he's calling us to do, then that's how much you're allowing him to move, which is still nothing. He's non-existent. When he instructs, he communicates to you that way. And I communicate back to him through his instructions, through reading. Oh, God, this is what you may hear, right? There's communication that takes place. But when you choose to not receive the instruction, then there's no communication that's there. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, therefore, the move of God is absent in our life. And that's exactly what we're facing today. I think it's ironic how God had me stuck on Exodus 19. Exodus 19, God has me stuck in Exodus 19, and this is what he's been sharing with me, and I felt like I needed to share with you guys today. Now, let me go back to that scripture. Hebrews 12, verse 6, the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Everyone say, love hurts. Love hurts. hurts. After what I just shared, reading in Hebrews, he, he disciplines the ones that he loves. It's insane because I just became a parent three years ago. I didn't understand what that meant until now. I love my kids to death, y'all. I, I, I would do anything for my kids. And then it turned on for me, local, you're a child of God too. God cares for you the same way you have this love for your kids, the same way that, that you would do anything for your kids. I forget that I'm a child, too. I'm a child of God. I'm his daughter, literally. And that's why he chastens the ones that he loves. There's things that, that he's, he's stretching and growing and teaching and doing in me. But if I didn't have a relationship with him, then it, it, 
right? The, the, the people that, 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 that speak life into you or, or the people that, that kind of put you in check when you need it. Those people, those are the ones that love you because honestly, if they didn't love you, they wouldn't care. Those conversations wouldn't take place. If, if I stop paying attention to my kids, right, then, then obviously and abandon them, evidently I don't love them. Evidently that they're, they're, there's something going on with me, right? But, but I love my kids to death, and it's hard for me to fathom the idea that the amount of love that I have for, my, for, for you parents in there, think about that for a second. The, the, the amount of love that you have for your flesh and blood, the amount of love that you have for your children, for your kids, even if they're adults right now, the amount of love that you have for them, Think about God in that same sense towards you. I know it's hard. And, and a, step, a step further than that, God loves my kids more than I love my kids. And that's impossible to me because I love them to death. But, but, but to fathom these things, God love, he disciplines those he loves. Now, if you're in a place where you feel like, I, uh, I don't think God's been speaking to me or, or chastising me or, 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 or correcting me lately, well, Maybe the communication is not there anymore. I'm not saying it doesn't love you because God loves all of us. But, but, but hear what I'm saying. The way we responded to, to, to certain things, right? And, and I was just talking to my youth group about this this past Thursday, right? I feel like we're on reset mode. Reset. It's like, it's like we didn't ask for it, but, but it's like we can benefit from this. When we used to play video games, Super, Mar- um, Super Nintendo game console, it's old school. I don't think anybody knows about that. Um, but any of the kids these days, but, but when we would play, we would always try to, to beat these levels and get to, to this, right? And, and we would play Super Mario, we would play Street Fighter, we would play Mortal Kombat, all these games on, on Super Nintendo. And every time we'd mess up or my brother would mess up or whatever, they're trying to pass the level, we would always press this, this rectangular um, purple button that said reset, boom, hit it, and it starts the game over again. Because we wanted to make sure that, that, that we defeated the challenge or we got to the next level. We wanted to make sure that we had another opportunity to win. That's what we're presented with right now. We got this reset button where, where we didn't ask for it. But you know what? We have a chance and an opportunity to, to get things in order again. We have a chance, a new opportunity to get things right. Amen. Starting with our relationship with God. And the only reason why I speak so passionate about it because this is exactly where Pastor T is right now. This is exactly where I am right now. I thought I knew it all. I thought I, I'd been through it all, this and that. And, Blah, blah, blah. No, God is like literally resetting me and and doing something in me. Go back and read Exodus 19 when you get a chance. Read that chapter. Let the spirit of God just speak to you. Because I think God wanted us to know today as I close. God wanted us to know that we're taking advantage. And not in a mean way like I'm going to kill you. You're taking advantage. No, not like that. But but in a compassionate way. He's kind of luring at us like, man, I miss you, man. I miss spending time with you. I miss hearing you. I, I miss having conversations with you. I don't care how far you are. I don't care how close you are. PD always tells us all the time, you never take a shower before you take a shower. You take a shower because you're dirty. But a lot of people that walk in these doors and the church doors, they think that they got to get right before they come to God. I got to get clean before I get God. I got to do this. You don't take a shower before you take a shower. You come as you are. That's what this says in the Bible. He will embrace you with your sin and your shortcomings, just the way that you are. So stop trying to straighten out and do this and do that. Just come the way you are, and I challenge you. He wants to do, he wants to move in a mighty way in your life. God loves you. We know that already. If, if, if you want to argue with me otherwise, then I'm down. 
But I'll tell you right now, there's no way you can, 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 can tell me any differently. God loves you. And because he loves you, he instructs you. He wants you to know that, that, that there's certain things that, you know, there's certain things we can do, certain things we can. And, and there's, there's, there's standards that I have set up for a reason. We, 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 in internship, they call them guardrails. When you're driving on a freeway, there's these guardrails that just keep you in line. But, but when we, should we choose to, to make a silly decision or do something that we're not supposed to do? That's how accidents happen. Warning signs, right? They come up and, and, and the, the car begins to, to go off of the ledge a little bit. But these guardrails, they're, they're to protect you. They're to keep you in line. God was trying to protect Adam and Eve. God's trying to protect you. You think he's picking on you. He's trying to protect you. He loves you. He instructs. What you do with those instructions determine how much he gets to move in your life. What you do with those instructions. PD and, and Pinake have been talking about love God, love people, change the world. I'm not even speaking on part of that series, but I feel like this is the word that God wanted us to know. It's a part of our model to love God. We're over here trying to serve the community. Let's get the love God part right first. We're over here trying to help everybody else with their problems. Let's get the love God. Let, let's, the farmer and those seeds, is it in good soil? Let's get that soil right. Let's get that soil right. Right where you are, if you bow your heads. Father, we thank you for this moment, Lord. God, we thank you for the authenticity that's present in this room, God. You want people to know that you are real. You are real, my God. It's hard to believe that because in a technology generation, Father God, everything we see on television, everything we see on our phones, my God, it's easy to think that everything is great and dandy in people's lives. But the reality is there are so many things that are crumbling inside. Thought processes that are so toxic and negative. God, it's literally killing us, Lord. God, I pray that you would reset us right now. If you discipline those that you love, God, that we want to become disciples all over again. We want to become followers of the gospel all over again. John three sixteen, a well-known scripture, Father God. For God so loved the world, he gave. Lord, we know that you love us, Father God. You gave your very best. And so, Lord, I pray this morning, if there's anyone that's feeling just withdrawn, anyone that's feeling distant, anyone that's feeling hopeless, anyone that's feeling sick and tired of all the things that are taking place around us, anyone that's feeling like the circumstances are far greater than the faith that exists inside of them, today is the day of salvation, my God. Today is the day that you reset them, Lord. Set them ablaze again, God. They're feeling dry. What's amazing about dryness or dry wood is it catches on fire quickly. It catches on fire quickly. If there's anyone feeling dry here today, God, Father, I pray that you will light them up. Light them up, my God. Light them up, Lord. Listen, if you're here this morning, and I just want to say a general prayer for us all. But if you're here this morning and, and you want to either recommit your life with God or, or you don't even know who he is and you, and you want to find out more of who he is, I, I, I want to just share this prayer with you guys. As PDL says, there's nothing magical about the prayer, but the confession and the power, it comes in the tongue. So right where you're at, with, with every head bowed and all eyes closed, if you're here this morning and you kind of fell a little bit on the wayside, 
and you're like, man, God, I, I need to get back. I, I want to reset it. If that's your, or even if you don't even know who God is, this is your first time getting a, a real introduction or even a, a hearing of, about who this God is that we serve. If that's you, for any of those, I'm going to count to three and I'm going to quickly ask you, if you would just raise your hand, I'm just going to say a prayer with you. If that's you at all, on a count of three, would you simply raise your hand right where you're at? One, two, three. Anybody at all? Anybody? Amen, 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 man. A couple hands going up. Listen, those of you guys online, I know I can't see you, but if your hand is up as well, this prayer is, is very well relevant for you as well. So, so right where you are, Father, I thank you. Father, I ask, Lord, that those that, that don't know who you are and being introduced to you right now, Holy Spirit, would you do what you do best and move in their hearts? And for those that are rededicating their lives all over again, my God, I pray, Lord, that the presence of who you are will be so, so real to them, God. Starting today, starting this week, they will see the hand and the manifestation of your glory showing up, showing up in their life, God. For them, I pray, God, more of your glory. God, that, that they would realize, Lord, and listen, repeat this prayer after me, whether you're online or you, whether you're here in this building. And even if you have accepted Jesus already or already rededicated, would you just repeat this for the sake of, 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 of comfort and, and encouraging our brothers and sisters that want to say this prayer with us? Because I feel like I got to get the, the confession with the mouth. So right we are, say, dear, say, dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I know that you died on the cross. And three days later, you rose again. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are Lord. Move in me and let your spirit reign. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I thank you for this time again, Lord, and I pray that you would move in every soul, in every house here on this campus and also those that are tuning in online, God. We thank you, Lord, and we honor your name. Lord, you discipline those you love. Let us walk out of this place feeling confident because we belong to someone who loves us so much. We thank you and we honor you. In Jesus' name, we all say amen. And those of you guys that are joining online, thank you for tuning in. Like we always say, love God, love people, and change the world. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.